1: South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus. I'm with Chris, Sheriff Hodgson. I think we're working out the technical stuff. Or are we? Are we good? Okay. I think we're good. We're good. So, oh,
2: <laughs> sorry. Are we are good? good? <laughs> Turn the mics on. <laughs> Everybody's by- <laughs> okay. Everybody's behind.
1: Welcome to South Coast tonight, um, Marcus. He's Chris, and we're here with uh, Sheriff Tom Hodgson. Sheriff Hodgson, thanks for joining us.
0: Thanks for having me, Marcus. Chris, thank you for having me.
1: So, um, thanks, Sheriff we're going to get right into it you uh there was a lawsuit filed against your office some of your supervisors some of your employees uh federal agencies as well by people detained in your former ice facility Uh, i know you've had an official response to it um but if you could just respond to it uh here and maybe a bit more um in depth
0: sure um this the incident that you're speaking about happened almost two and a half years ago uh, at our ICE detention facility, and uh, surprise, surprise, uh, it's three months before my election, and here we are. Uh, suddenly, uh, suddenly, we, we, we have uh, we have this lawsuit by these detainees. I heard one of them uh, on the news today, yes. who had said that you know our our officers uh, came in the unit, um, they slammed them to the floor, and an officer kept his knee on him for ten minutes. That incident, from the time we breached that door after they destroyed the unit and attacked us, that incident. Within 90 seconds of the time my people entered that that facility, broke through that door, within 90 seconds every one of those guys was in flex cuffs, and within five minutes the last person was let out of the building. This guy that was on there is a well-known, well-known liar. He's got a long record from Connecticut. We know all about him. We knew about him before the incident even happened. And so uh, it'll all come out. We're not worried about this case at all. In fact, uh, we're looking forward uh, to this going out and people seeing. Uh, exactly what happened? We have all the tapes.
1: Well, well, that's that's my next question. Is is and we we had a conversation about this last night. We were, we were trying to we, we couldn't quite figure it out. W- when is when are we going to be able to see the tapes? Is it being held up now or? Well,
0: uh, well here's the here's you know I, I started out by saying surprise surprise we're three weeks before my uh, three months before my, my election. Right. Um, look, this is two and a half years ago. The inspector we asked the inspector general's office from the Department of Homeland Security to investigate this incident. Mm-hmm. Uh, we immediately asked them to come in and do it. They did a phenomenal, thorough investigation. They talked to detainees, talked to my staff. They interviewed me. Um, and uh, unlike, unlike uh, Mara Healy, who issued an 85-page bogus report, had no basis of uh, any kind of corrections background, this was a political hit from the beginning to the end. We haven't released anything yet, but I have a whole documentation that starts two months before that incident even happened at our place, from the ACLU to Mara Healy to the White House, and back and forth they went. So this is, a look, it's, it's all gonna come out, but as far as the tapes go, we could not release the tapes because we asked the Inspector General's office to do the federal investigation. Right. The officers told us right around the time that uh, the presidential election happened, they were getting close to finishing it, and they said, you guys, we, there's nothing here. We've 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 looked at everything. Um, we're just waiting for the. So we said, when's the report coming? When's it coming? President Biden got in, and guess what? No report, right? Um, and so we still don't have that report, and that technically means the investigation's still open. So we we can't release them. Mar, but Mara Healy's got those tapes, and I would recommend that somebody ask Mara Healy for those I, tapes.
1: I put in an inquiry. Granted, I put it in late in the day. I did ask her mm-hmm. office if they could, if uh, not if they could release the tapes. but if they were able to, and 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 why why haven't the tapes been released I, yet? Is there
2: anything preventing
0: her from releasing it? No, she's she's had, she's the attorney general. She's got no. She's, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. she she well, wanted I didn't to know her if an independent investigation. The other thing I would tell you is, you know that Mara Healy never even interviewed me in that whole investigation, and you know why? because she knew I had all the answers.
1: Her position was she tried to, right? That's a
0: lie. I'm telling you on the air that that's a lie. Okay. Mara Healy did not interview me. She didn't interview my superintendent till my, my, uh, till my uh, attorneys told her, hey, you haven't even interviewed the superintendent after the report came out. Then I said to her, she hadn't interviewed me. Then she said, well, if you had something to offer, you could have come forward. That tells me that Mara Healy has, no- I ran a criminal division. It was so blatantly clear to me this woman had no clue how to run an investigation. She accused my staff. She accused my staff of violating state law and violating civil rights mm-hmm. of, of these individuals. Two and a half years later, I want to know where are the charges, Mar Healy? Where are they? It was all a political hit. It was this look, this is so clear. She did something like this in 2018. She sent a letter to the governor, Mar Healy. Sent a letter to the governor saying, "I've heard from a number of different activist groups, i.e., Bristol County for Correctional Justice, and all these other, you know, left coalition justice. Yeah, coalition yeah. for social justice and all of that. Uh, we, I, I've been hearing from these different groups. She wouldn't name them. Uh, that the, the Bristol County House of Correction is filthy. That the inmates are being mistreated, and all of that. They've been saying that for 25 years. Okay, so, so she's. So what does she do?" She sends a letter to the governor and says, I, I heard from these groups and uh, I read two newspaper articles suggesting that, that the conditions here were good. Two very liberal newspapers. <laughs> and, uh, and, and of course, the governor did nothing with it because he knew exactly what it was, an attempt to politically you know, come after us or me personally. And I sent her a letter immediately and said, number one, how dare you? You represent us. You've now compromised your ability to ever represent us in any case going forward, and the taxpayers are now going to, have to pay additional monies that they wouldn't have to pay because you've now prejudiced right. yourself. Because, because
2: right. in a case where, where you're being sued, the, the attorney general's office is supposed to defend the, the office, right? Right. So, and she's that's that's bizarre, right?
0: Right. But think about this: on this last investigation, right? On on the on the uh, the, the, the current thing with ICE and everything, she didn't, there's no there's no charges. There's, no, there's nothing coming forward. I've, I've run into Mayorkas down in Washington in January. I told him, I said, I want to know why you shut down my operation because you gave the order. And he wouldn't he wouldn't give me an answer. And he said, well, we'll, we'll meet offline and, and have a conversation about this. And so I went up to him. You
1: confronted Secretary Mayorkas uh,
0: to his face and said this? Oh, absolutely. Hmm. I'd already sent him a letter and told him. I, as oh. soon as he shut our operation down, I told him. I sent him a letter immediately within that week and said, number one, I want you to do three things. Number one, reinstate my program immediately. We were the model for the nation and never failed an audit, ever. Number two, I want you to make a public apology nationally in print to my staff who were amongst the best in the nation and ran a perfect operation. And number three, deliver the plaque that your office in Washington sent to us that was supposed to be delivered a month before you shut us down that says, congratulations Bristol County on your perfect score on your 287G audit. And you know what? We still don't have it. And it's in—it's up in the Boston office. You know why we don't have it? Because it clarifies exactly what I said. We were the model for the nation and they can't uphold this political nonsense that's going on.
1: So there weren't very many, um, in fairness, there weren't very many contracts that were canceled. I think it was, I remember when you, your contract got canceled, it made national news. It was like you and maybe someone in, i had another state uh like there was two contracts in particular that were canceled uh there's no other at that time there's no other there's no other uh at that time there was no other republicans in the commonwealth here that, that got their uh contracts canceled so why is it why were you being singled out
0: because i'm the most i've been the most outspoken on this whole border issue for for 25 years since i became sheriff and they didn't like it they don't like it here mara healy doesn't like it she's liberal she's a pro-illegal person and they didn't like it in Washington, and they were like, "If we can go after Hodgson, we can then we can set an example for others." And guess what? Barnstable, no more. Okay, this is look. These people, these people, it's all about politics. Okay, my focus. I don't care about their politics. I care about taking care of the people of this county. And for them to use the, this disturbance, which was prom- prompted and promoted by activist groups, okay, we have phone calls that we heard. Prior to this thing even happening, where they're talking to these different people, we th- these guys, there was no COVID cases in our place. They, they, there was not one COVID case there. But I guess the long and short of this is, you, when you when you play politics, Lamar Healey didn't. She did nothing after when the governor didn't do anything after she did her. She said that, that first thing in the 2018 to the newspapers and to the governor. She didn't talk to, to call me. Why wouldn't you call me and say, hey? And, and one other point I'm going to make in a second. Sure. Why wouldn't you call me and say, "Hey, um, I'm getting all these complaints from people that your place is dirty and you're mistreating inmates. You represent us. Why, why wouldn't you pick up?" The-? She didn't. You know why? Because she wanted to get a thinks she'd get a political hit with it with the liberal group she she supports. Now take a look at the second situation, okay, with with the with the whole the whole situation about uh, ICE right in in our detention center and that disturbance. If you, for example, let's just say, for example, that the ACLU sent you a letter and said, "Mar Healy, the Ash, the, the the detention center at the Bristol County Sheriff's Office is a is a um, tinderbox and it's ready to go off any day." You're the Attorney General. What would your obligation be? What's the ACLU's obligation if they believe that and they protect civil rights? Why wouldn't they call me or go to the press? Go All to right. the, re- the press and say, hey, this place is ready to go off. But they didn't. And you know what? Two months before, two months almost uh, almost two months before that incident even happened, there you go. Okay? And then it goes after that from the trail there. Now let's say ACLU didn't want to. Well, if the ACLU, for whatever their reasons were, and I know it was political and we know that, why didn't why didn't Mari Healy pick up the phone immediately? She wanted to protect people, right? And for her to say, during that incident, she said this. I'm giving you a lot of stuff at one time, but, Mm -hmm. but this is all part of it. She accused my people, as I said, violating state law, violating civil rights. She's dead wrong. She said we used our canine, unmuzzled, to go in after these guys. No, we didn't. Both those canines were muzzled, and it wasn't a cell extraction, as the law forbids you from doing. That was a dorm setting. Right. Okay, it was a dorm setting. And those two dogs are used as part of a move anytime there's a disturbance. That's not a cell extraction. And the last thing I would tell you is these guys, okay, Mar Healy suggesting that that, that their civil rights were violated, the state law was violated, all were untrue. I knew that she didn't know a lot about corrections. I didn't realize she knew as little about the law when it came to charging us about the state state. Violation. It's completely wrong. So she so, didn't charge any of your staff? No, of course not. She alleged it, but she never of gave me the day in
2: court. And she never even interviewed me. So,
1: 508 996 0500. We've got some calls on the line. Well, one just dropped, but we've got some calls on the line. Do you want to take a call? Sure. I,
0: absolutely.
1: So let's go to the phones. Good evening. Thanks for holding you live with Sheriff Hodgson. Uh,
3: thank you very much. Um, you know, uh, Sheriff, Marlene. you omit the fact that. Uh, that judge young a republican judge federal district court released 43 detainees from your jail and refused to allow any new people to come in because of the horrendous conditions that you put these these folks under no protections no sanitization no mask no no nothing to protect them and one of the reasons you want to go after marco is because he understood that he had rights and he moved his lawyers to go to that federal district court and, and pull you pull people out. And you know what the judge said? I don't understand why these guys are in there in the first place. Because it was civil violations for the most part. Okay? Well you're wrong you you're and when wrong, they're Paula. let out and when they're let out you scared the community. You scare the community. They're rapists, they're murderers. These were people who did you see one of them was a US citizen. You know? I mean come on.
0: Well Marlene, let me, let me let me let me let me let me just Tell you first of all, as usual, you don't know what you're talking about. Okay, that's the first oh, really? thing. No, you yeah. don't. No, you can you and you put oh, things Benny, in that you make Benny. up. Well, let me. I listen to you. Listen to me. You may listen to me you now. Got,
1: you gotta. You gotta let. You gotta let the sheriff respond, um, Marlene. Marlene.
0: You, okay, you make it okay. you've always made up the narratives the ash street jails filthy all this nonsense that you you bring up for years but the bottom line is this number one you don't know anything about that guy marco i do and so do the connecticut police and everybody else about his consistent lying he lied to the the, the uh inspector general's office said people were putting bullets under his door he told people he was left naked in a cell when he was moved over there for the COVID stuff, it was all lies. They're, look, you want to buy into these people that are lying? Look, and to say that these people were all civil, they, they were civil violations. No, they weren't. You want you you want to tell me the guy that bombed the police station in Ireland? was a civil violation. You want to tell well, me about some of the other brutal guys out, we had? the
3: people that were let out were were there without any criminality. Now, and you treated them all like gigantic criminals. Well, no? you're wrong. You, and that's the truth.
0: Well, well, you, it's, you weren't there, Marlene, and you, you don't know what you're talking about. Again, you, we did not do that. And and the fact of the matter is, why, if you really, all those things you just said about we had no sanitation, it was awful, the ju- that's not what the judge did. The judge said, we followed every CDC guideline and if you go back and read his report you'll see it right there he commended us but why the reason he, he let him out
3: anybody knew coming in the so reason that at the time of the closing you had only seven people the reason if everything was so hunky-dory why did he stop people from? because coming the federal
0: in? judge marlene if you read the case even the even the u.s attorney's office would could not believe this judge was letting him out but he was letting him out because he did he thought being locked in there they get COVID. why is it that the identical unit that mirrors the unit that these guys Destroyed, that that they destroyed. What? Why didn't? Why weren't those guys complaining? Are you suggesting that we just took this one unit? What about all our American uh, inmates in our our facilities that don't seem They're to have these problems? They're
3: suffering too. They're absolutely. Of course they too. are, Marlene. Because, because you know, you're the mass, even when masks came out you know the staff wasn't masked because obviously the the higher ups didn't require it
0: no okay you're wrong 20, again Marlene you're, you're wrong again you're, you're spewing yeah, I'm things always wrong, right? well you are Marlene you don't know anything about the facts and you just spew these things because it meets your narrative of your pro-illegal well your stuff meets your
3: narrative too sir,
0: right okay? protecting the people and in my county and following the rule of laws the most right.
3: wonderful guy and everybody else is scum
0: well, that, that may be your we opinion. We know
3: too many families that that is not true. Okay.
0: Yeah. Well, you're entitled to your opinion, Marlene, but but let me just tell you this: uh, you're not entitled. Way, you're not entitled your to the facts,
3: you, Marlene. You, you stood
0: up at the top of our driveway in Dartmouth, okay. protesting and yelling through a bullhorn, saying, "Sheriff, tell everybody how you're taking the." the uh, the seizure medication away from the inmates and they're falling off their bunks having seizures. A lie, Marlene, but you did it. You kept yelling Oh,
3: really? Yes. Oh, really? Yeah. Marlene, well, you're well you know, known. As I said to you, before you threw me out of the ICE meeting, as I said to you. Because you couldn't obey the rules. How would you know rules? because you're ne- you were never there? You were never there. You were in Washington closing up to Trump. Oh, to here we go.
0: Workers, well, here, it comes, you know? here comes the so rest of your agenda. You know? Yeah, surprise, surprise yeah, that you're involved yeah. in this whole thing, Marlene. Look, no, I,
3: you've been I, doing I mean this the, for years, Marlene. You weren't I, doing your job, sir. Okay. You weren't doing the job.
0: Well, I'll leave that up to the people of this county because you know what, Absolutely. they blessed me with the opportunity to serve yep. them. And you may, not, you may not like the fact that we have a justice system that requires people to be held in prison when they violate the rule of law in this country, I happen to believe it should be done. And until they change the laws, I'm not gonna do anything different because I took an oath to do that. You may not like it. If you don't like the laws and the immigration laws, yeah, but you go to Washington right to change them, Marlene. Go change them.
3: They, don't country. make up lies you about things that, that right. aren't true. And by the way, 25 years, I think is enough. Sir. Well, you may. I think it's enough.
0: You may. And I I wonder if you felt that way about Sheriff Ash, who just left after 42 years in Hampton County, was one of the top Democrat sheriffs in Massachusetts and probably one of the best ones we ever had. Do you feel the same way about him?
3: I don't
0: know him. Well, you don't, but he said 25 years enough. He's still 42. So what difference does it? Mean? Is it it's okay, either the years what or it's a not. A lot of
3: people are saying.
0: Well, Marlene, they can say Marlene, a lot of Marlene, 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 Marlene November. Saying, so fine, so so November. So, Marlene, that's fine. Yeah,
1: I will
3: get off to let other people
1: in. I I gotta, I yeah, actually, I <laughs> gotta take a break. Thanks for the call, Marlene. Appreciate Marlene, it. Marlene,
0: thanks we're, for the heated uh, discussion. It was, <laughs> it was wonderful. It's good to be.
1: All right, so we got calls on the line. We've got one line open. If you're on, stay on. We got to take this break. We'll be right back. This is South Coast tonight with Chris Marcus and we're we're here with Sheriff Hodgson. So stay tuned. New Bedford's news talk station. South Coast Tonight. We're we're here with Sheriff Hodgson. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred is how you can get on. Let's um let's go to the uh you need your, you need your headphones on here. The calls. Let's let's go back to the phones. Good evening. Thanks for holding. You're live with the sheriff.
4: Uh hello. Uh- I was just—I uh, was just wondering. So, Sheriff Hodgson, why—why why are you saying that Maura Healy should release the video? Can't you just release it?
1: So, break, break. In, in fact, uh, in fact, I literally just—I mean—just got this email from Maura Healy's office. It says. For your background, we withheld these records because they were materials we voluntarily we received voluntarily in connection with our investigation. The Bristol County Sheriff's Office is the custodian of this video and has the ability to release it, which we encourage. I I, so, I said that to the sheriff after and he he had this this response. Yeah. So, oh, so, yeah, so for, sheriff, first of oh, all, yeah, so I'm let gonna answer, me answer me your question. question. Hold on, let him answer Let answer the question and then an, you can talk to me. I'm gonna after. answer your question. Yep,
0: no problem. Um, and and Margilly said she, she she got them voluntarily. She asked for those those videos. She asked for all the records, so we sent them to her. But she's, she represents us as the attorney general, supposed to, actually. Um, but but um, on top of that, with regards to the feds, the federal investigation, now keep this in mind, two and a half years later, uh, we were expecting that to be completed. Uh, they, it is not being completed uh, for the same reason that we haven't gotten the plaque that the headquarters sent up to us that was supposed to be delivered a month before they shut us down, it said, congratulations, Bristol County, on your perfect score in your 287G audit. This is all about politics. It's all about the Biden administration's pro-illegal positions and the fact that I was the most outspoken and have been the most outspoken and continue to be the most outspoken about the importance of securing the border and making sure that the fentanyl and everything else that's pointed to our neighborhoods ends. Mara Healy, while I was down in McAllen, Mara Healy was on the other side of the border telling all these people over there, you should be allowed to come into this country. Um, you know, you don't have to have legal status to do it. I can't believe the federal government's not letting you come in. And so, you know, she she's very much in line and has been with the Biden administration. We have documents that go back uh, even before the incident in, in Bristol County that uh, show a clear connection between the ACLU, Mar Healy, and the White House. Mm-hmm. It's all there. We just haven't released that. Part because that's a sort of separate uh, thing that that we pursued, but but as far as the the uh, the tapes go, Mar Healy, if she really thinks that that's 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 a good idea, since the investigation's still open, um, and and it's they're considered part of that investigation, perhaps she wants to call the Biden administration and tell them to give us permission, the Inspector General's office, to release those those videos, or if they're willing to just voluntarily. Give us the permission, and they don't want to give us the final outcomes because they know it won't meet their narrative and it exonerates us. Then we'll do that too. But we—I would love for the people to see it when they see what these people did, totally unprovoked, all started by the guy. Actually, he was just on Channel 10 today, who's it, who, who caused the whole thing by by um, by yelling out. And saying something happened That's to him
2: which didn't. That's the illegal alien that Marlene uh,
0: Pollock was just. Yeah, defending. the one she's defending. Yeah. yeah. In fact,
1: if he's I in I communication it, a, with him, if he's illegal, if he's a, if he's illegal alien,
2: how is he? Why is he still here? I have no was, idea. In I, your, don't he's using mar- using I don't your know his case mark. I don't know his case mark. But the fact of the matter is that Sheriff Pollock is in communication with this guy. Yeah.
4: Wait. So, Sheriff Hodgson, can I guys clarify? So, so like two questions I have, which is one, um. Do you have an official communication from the federal government, from the Department of Homeland Security, barring you from releasing the video? And two, if given, Maury Healy has the video, and you say it exonerates you, um, are you suggesting and encouraging Maury Healy to release that video? Do you have no problem with that? So those are my two questions. That's- One. Any official communication from the federal government? And two, are you encouraging right. or inviting Maura Healy to release the video, given you say it exonerates
0: you?
1: Call, Mark, Caller, thanks for your questions. Mark, we we got we to gotta cycle through these calls. I appreciate it. You, you, my you my know, point is
0: Maura Healy's got the tapes. If she wants to release them, she's entitled to do that. We have an open investigation with the federal government that we want closed, and we wanted the final results. And we know the investigators were already ready to close it out about two years ago. Right? So, but, but we know why it's not. Because it exonerates us, and they don't want to put it out there because they've screwed up, they violated our contract, and we were the model for the nation. And they can't justify what they did other than to say, ultimately, in the conclusion, it's all about politics. And you need only look at all the people that jumped on, AOC, all these people have never even asked a question about it, Markey, the What's whole nine What's wrong with AOC and Markey?
1: Yeah. 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program. We've got one line open. Uh, good evening. You're live with Sheriff Hodgson. Hi. Hey. Marist? Yes, caller.
3: Hi. Oh, it, I'm very proud of you, and I, you're doing a wonderful job. We have a low crime rate because of the way you deal with these people that belong in that jail. Well, and that's why we have a low crime rate, because you're doing a one good
5: job.
0: Well, thank you, Carl. That, that you're very kind to say that. You know, it's, it really is attributed to my staff. I have a phenomenal staff, and as I mentioned earlier, we've been nationally accredited twice back to back at 100. percent And what I would, would what I would say to you is that right, um, background. Yeah. What What I would say is that um, uh, you know my job is not to punish people, whether it's but whether it's somebody that's an American citizen that comes to our place or whether it's a detainee. Our job is to um, once they come there, to make sure that they're properly cared for and that for those that want to access programs, they can access programs, get on a trajectory, and hopefully not go out and victimize people again and lead a more successful life.
1: Five zero eight and Let's go back to the phones. Good evening. You're live with Sheriff Hodgson. Hello.
0: Hey. Hi. Hello?
5: Yeah,
0: Hi, hey. you're on the air. Hello, caller. Oh, I'm on the air? Yes.
5: Okay, I can't hear it. Because um, I have it to the through my there's a delay oh okay yeah I'm just wondering Sheriff Hodgson in April the Department of Public Health I should just silence this so I can hear
2: all right can we just yeah we (laughs) gotta (laughs) come on you gotta get it together
5: Health found over a hundred violations as evidence of substandard Conditions in your jails. Are you reading that up a page? Um, in
2: April, um, you know, <laughs> are you reading that?
5: <laughs> I wrote some notes for myself, to
2: oh, right. so I could speak
5: the question. So why do you keep continue to complain that this is just political persecution? This was under a Republican governor. A hundred over a hundred violations.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, I can of I, I can answer that for you.
5: Conditions. So why don't you see a need for reform? Why do you just keep complaining about persecution this and persecution that? It just tells me that you're not interested in in doing the job. And after 25 years in office, this is just... It's time to move on and let someone else do the job.
0: Certainly appreciate your perspective. Let me just answer your question for you though. Uh, First of all, I'm probably one of the most reformist sheriffs since I took over in 25 years. And and I think you'll find if you look at the other sheriff's departments across the state, you'll see that we've done so much uh, to to address the issues that not only inside the prison, but outside the prison with regards to our operations and maximize its benefits to the people of, of this county. But more to the point on your 100 violations. Listen, uh, well, I would encourage you to go to every other facility in the Commonwealth and take a look at their DPH reports. The fact is that you imagine a school where you have people that are supposed to keep the bathrooms clean. You have people that are supposed to make them keep the meals going. All of those things you're going to find. Most people don't want the DPH reports of their favorite restaurant. Right. right? Okay, and, and th- th- those are the realities, but to, to suggest that I don't want reforms, look, I'm the only sheriff's office in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, and I started this almost 25 years ago. We measure 250 operating indicators every day on every shift for the taxpayer, for the management of our operation to make sure it's done efficiently inside and also you know, fiscally for the taxpayer and that we're not wasting money. So every day on every shift, my people will measure how many meals are served, how many maintenance slips are done, Cleanliness issues—all those things are measured. But when you're dealing with with scores of inmates on schedules and things, they're not going to be as neat. Even though we require them to do cell inspections, we do those on on a regular basis. They—they're living in there, so yes, there's going to be times where, in an older facility, we're going to need to paint a cell or do something. Sometimes the paint will peel. You can. You can't you can't manage these big operations unless you have unlimited resources of money uh, without running into periodic um, um, infractions around DPH, normal things that you would see even in a hospital, for example. But what I would say to you is, if you were to believe that we really haven't, you know, lived up to standards and we don't, we run filthy facilities and all that, you'd have to believe that the Department of Public Health. The Department of Corrections who inspect us twice a year, that the American Correctional Association who are the the standard bearers of of, of operations of standards inside prisons, and the federal government who was inspecting us like meat plants that they've all been complicit with me for twenty five years to keep filthy facilities and mistreat inmates. Nobody believes that. Nobody believes that.
1: Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred is how you can get in the program. Uh, I have been. In your position before, where I'm getting <laughs> bombarded by not unsympathetic callers, and uh, I I, uh, I I think you're doing a pretty good job five zero eight nine nine six oh five hundred. Let's go to the phones. Good evening. You're live with Sheriff Hodgson.
5: Yes. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. Uh, Sheriff Hodgson. I want to congratulate you on the wonderful job that you have done all these years. Um, I don't know where people are getting all this. Horrible, horrible information. You have proved to them that they're all wrong. And uh, again, you, I believe you've done a wonderful job, and I hope you're there for the next 25 years.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. you you're, Thank you for that call. Thanks for uh, the call. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, that's uh, that's very, very kind of you. Um, so, I um, well. So let's
1: let's talk about that a little bit. You have been in office for 25 years. Um, I know that you, you like to say, you know, you sort of distance yourself from the the label of being a politician, but you know, you're a city councilor, you're an elected, you're elected official now. Um, Why do you want to be in office for a total of 31 years and perhaps more?
0: Well. I'm not sure that the question's a fair question from the standpoint that you made the assumption that I want to be in there for 31 years. Well, they, I want to be in there because we're in a very critical time in our nation's history. And I've been doing this for 25 years and I'm watching the, the undermining of the rule of law and what's happening to the people in our community and the fentanyl overdoses and things that are going on in our communities. Parents walking in, going into the kids' room to wake them up to go to work or, or school and they're not waking up. This fentanyl, we're losing almost 300 kids a day. and The idea of, and I've said this uh, almost from day one when I took over, the big mistake we're making in this country when it comes to corrections is we're waiting until people get into their 20s practicing the same dysfunctional behaviors, not necessarily through any fault of their own. Their parent might have had them out on the stoop on North Front Street while they were pushing their their carriage up and down the street dealing drugs and the the kid's sitting there in a diaper. What chance does that kid have? We our job's not to punish them. Our job is to make sure that when they get there, we can help them rehabilitate. But that doesn't stop recidivism. You got to get to it at the young age before the kids ever walk through the front door of the jail. And that's why I will tell you, we have probably one of the we just got a six hundred fifty thousand dollar grant. We're one of six people in the nation that got it for our youth program. And it's 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 absolutely hands and hands above any others. Because of the the uh, results that we're getting.
1: So so, what do you um, recidivism for for just in layman's terms for people who don't know? It's a uh, essentially um, someone's likelihood of reoffending or someone reoffending after being in the correctional system. Um, I know you said the definition of recidivism, it it varies, and yes. you you know the DOC and all of that is trying to make uh, trying to find a hard definition of it. But what do you think is the formula for reducing recidivism then?
0: Well. The, the the best formula is to is to deal with these kids at the front end before they come through the front door of jail okay but so it, so in, and then the people that are coming to prison that are already into these dysfunctional behaviors if they have drug issues eighty percent of the people and they have drug related issues right so obviously we want to put emphasis on drug rehab drug treatment inside the, the facility get them off of drugs and get them into treatment and then have them followed on the outside to keep them but this is this is a very very difficult issue for everybody so so the idea of look our recidivism rate I think has dropped 30 percent over I forget what the number of years are up might be the last 12 or something I can't remember but 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 the fact of the matter is that's only recidivism from the standpoint of and depending how you measure it some will say okay Joe Schmo came into jail he got paroled he went out he cut he violated his parole came back some people will count that as another, as recidivism, right? It's not recidivism, I mean, you need to get convicted again. But some people will put that down as, as recidivism, as a, as a statistic. So
1: you're saying that doesn't fall under the, the definition, the, the working definition of recidivism that, that you operate under or that the, the, the state, the Commonwealth Correctional Facilities or Sheriff's Departments operate under? Right.
0: And if you talk to, if you talk to um, um, Senator Bronsberger, mm-hmm. I, I was on the one-on-one commission for two years um they they he'd even say, we, we forget recidivism it doesn't tell us anything and not only that the doc uh the sheriffs are all trying to come up with some some formula that makes sense that everybody follows there isn't any There, there, there isn't one that that makes sense or has been established to make sense at this point but it is when you can measure it measure the success of our programs which we do we measure our We measure our outputs on our our drug programs. We we measure our education programs. We have one of the highest GED graduation rates in the state. Tom, I wanted to ask you a question about your law enforcement
2: role at the Sheriff's Department. The reason I say that is that the... um just the other day, we had the New Bedford police were involved in a shootout. Um, a guy ended uh, ultimately ended up killing himself. But first he fired at the police. I was listening to it that night. Your guys were on, on the scene. They backed up the New Bedford Police Department. I know when I read a lot of the federal indictments, things like that, you'll read you know you'll read list all the departments involved. Your department's often often listed as one of the assisting departments in federal drug cases, things of that nature. How big is the law enforcement component over there at the sheriff's department these days?
0: Well, we have we have we have officers assigned to assist other pds uh in undercover operations things like that our canine uh are responding uh all the time throughout the county um we also uh of course we we have the first COVID dogs in the nation uh we've been going to schools for since last august uh, detecting COVID in the schools and identifying that, and giving, and actually giving the teachers and kids, you know, this this sort of break in the stress around COVID because sure. the, the the dog will lead the kids around the classroom after you, after the, we're done and and now we have we've now just I just had a meeting uh, about uh, two three weeks ago with um, various departments including Brockton a few others came to our place and we're form we're forming this this therapy dog coalition okay. And and we have I, I think the number is somewhere up around 28 dogs already that are part of, going to be part of this coalition. So including New Bedford Fire, uh, Chief Kruger's doing a phenomenal job. He's 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 wonderful. A uh, great partner with us. We've been doing helping them with some of the, their uh, different training and so forth. So, um, listen, Sheriff, we're going to take a break. The phone lines are full.
1: Um, so uh, if you're on the line, stay on the line. Uh, this is South Coast Tonight with Marcus, Chris, and Sheriff Tom Hodgson here on WBSN. 1420 W. Chris McCarthy, Marcus Farrow, Sheriff Tom Hodgson. Phone lines are full, so we're, we're going we're gonna to go through them. 508-996-0500. You can, you can go on the app chat as well. Good evening. You're live with the Sheriff.
6: Hey, good evening, gentlemen.
4: <clears throat> yeah. Hey. You know, once in a while when I go to Shaw's, I... I a great while, I should say. I, I pick up the copy of the Diamond's Weekly, I think they, they, they call it, yeah. on the way out of the door there and uh i made myself read an article that was uh one time was basically giving uh the first call of their full range to uh, say whatever she had to say about the sheriff's jail and listening to three of the callers that called earlier in the show and i would say they challenged the, the sheriff it sounded like they were all sitting around in one room together and they split up the data that was in the article that i read uh, and the diamond week they 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 decided who was going to present which part of the article questions to uh, to the sheriff If that's not political, I don't know what is All
0: right, but, thanks, thanks for the call appreciate it you know you know the, the, the caller um, look I, I can't speak to who's where but I, but I would say this look um, it, you need only look at the same same people keep writing the same articles, they're the same, they're, they're, they're pushing the same agenda they've been pushing for 25 years and, and it's pretty clear, I think most people see it for what it is.
1: 508-996-0500, good evening, you're live with the sheriff.
7: Hi, um, so the reason for my call is that you, in 2019, and I'm not reading from a notebook or anything. Don't um, think they protest us too much, go ahead. In you turned in your own church. Say Julie's on Slocum Road for having cards that uh, were in a foreign language and you know told uh, people who spoke a foreign language you know legal uh, things and, and helping them you know doing God's work. Mm-hmm. Now um, I, I don't I, I don't think there's a defense for that. You can say you know it's the uh, it's your political adversaries that are coming after you, or to, but but you did that. You did that, and you sent a message about it to the former administration. Now, that's a lousy thing to do. That is a really lousy thing to do. I don't know how a person like yourself could ever go back into that church after basically throwing a pastor, and and the whole congregation that you gather with every Sunday at church, you turn them in because they may be helping a person who doesn't speak the same language that you do. And I don't know, you know, I mean, they have a... Excuse
0: me so so your so your point let me let me let me address a couple things what, what did uh, you
7: say it's my church too
0: no no I didn't say that oh,
7: okay I, I, I didn't say that oh, maybe
0: no. somebody else no no, no. so w- what I was going to say to you is first of all I have no problem going back into that church um, at all and, no I can imagine what, that well, I, I, okay you're you, you right, you, yes. you gonna <laughs> let, you let it you wait, you gotta wait, let the sheriff you know you're you're, you're, you're preaching about that room tonight you're preaching about what what church is church should be and 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 all of those things which i agree i i go to church probably for the same reasons you do um i but uh, but i didn't i'm not gonna i'm not gonna pass judgment on you about your your religion whether or not you're should be a, you're practicing uh spiritual what wait, what minute, wait a minute let, I, me finish, let, I, what let, let me finish let me let me finish my point what she's, my point no no I, what she's saying so so let me let me tell you the other side of the story which you don't get you made a lot of assumptions here number one there was there was a a, a um there were three pieces of paper in different languages in the back of the church. Someone had written on there um, uh, something about the immigration, uh, illegal immigration, right? So I, I look at it naturally um, because I'm sure you probably understand that these sanctuary cities that have been created in, in this uh, state and across the country are places that people who are coming in illegally and particularly ms13 or somebody that might want to wipe out a congregation from behind when they walk in the church okay who who is here as part of a um, ms13 some other group
6: okay wipe out well let me finish
0: uh, wait a minute let me finish the problem is that what what happens is sanctuary cities attract these people right they're going to go to places where they know that the government's saying we're not going to we're not going to we're going to find ways to make sure you're not identified. Now, when you have a, what looks like a safe haven at a church, if you're somebody illegal and you come there and you think that that's a good place because they're not going to really pay attention, they got this stuff in the back of the church. See, I, 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 I sit in the back of the church for a reason, always have, okay? Because I've seen what's happened in a number of churches where people were wiped out. Now, Wipe now that, What was, do you mean by wiped out? Where a where gunman come in, comes in the back of the church and starts yeah, having and opening to- fire on people. Okay, now now here's the thing. What's really funny about this, this whole point, what's really interesting about this whole point that's being brought up about me with the church um, is that about three weeks later, I was in the back of the church and the ushers said to me, hey, uh, would you mind going down to the front of the church? And a guy went down there about 15 minutes ago. We've never seen him before and he's never come back. He's never came back here after 15 minutes. Can you go down and check and see what's going on? So I did. And he wasn't down there. I went out the back door, went around the side. I see a guy sitting in a car. I come back in. I asked the ushers. I said, hey, there's a guy out there. Did he have a hat? And they said, yeah, he did. And I said, well, I think this is a guy he's sitting out in a car out there. Now, the, the, the service is going on, but he's sitting out there by himself. Now, as a law enforcement person, now, the average person is not going to be thinking about anything like that. But you know what? Those ushers were scared. They were scared and they said we would never seen that guy that came in here and and we and they were worried. So and my sending that my sending that down that message down to to the White House was to say, I don't know if this is going on in churches or across the country, because that can create a haven for people that might not have goodwill to to do something to a congregation. So I sent it down there. Not there's no press or anything about it. Guess who released it? ACLU. They wanted, they wanted, they fought a freedom information request. They come across it. And what do they do? They put it out in the newspapers as though it's, which is, which is, again, their narrative.
1: 508-996-0500 is how you can get on. Good evening. You're live with the sheriff.
4: Yeah. Uh, how are you guys doing, too?
1: Good, good, good. Got to right. keep it tight.
4: Yeah. Hey, uh, sheriff. Yes, sir. Uh, thank God we have someone like you and uh, everybody have a good night.
0: Well, thank you, Colin, you you're kept, trying to say that. kept kept it tight.
1: 508-996-0500. Good evening, you're live with the Sheriff.
6: Yes, good evening, can you hear me? Yep. Yes, my name is Marco. Um, <laughs> I'm the guy that uh, Sheriff Hudson has uh, mentioned a number of times in the past 45 minutes. I'm the guy that was assaulted by uh, Sheriff Hudson uh, on May 1st, 2020, completely unprovoking. I'm the guy that was, was videotaped by um, his cell phone uh, while I was in my knees screaming, I can't breathe. Um, I'm the guy that uh, Sherry Hutchin has said, how that have worked out for you, Marco. I'm going to charge you with obstruction. Later on, I was put into segregation and for the first three days, I was naked and was just given a Ferguson tarp. That's how naked is naked to me. In regard to the bullet shell that I mentioned, and it was echoed by you, Sheriff. Uh, my attorney had that since May 5th, 2020. You have targeted me because my activism then segregated me two more times and uh, finally, I do not have criminal conviction, as you asserted. So how you respond to that?
0: Marco, I'm not going to get into your whole background. You know it as well as I do, and, uh, and I'm the one that got the calls from the Connecticut p- police about your background, so we're not going to get into that. Um, but, but we will get into the fact that you have been a proverbial liar from day one. And what you just said you said you were assaulted, it's a lie. You didn't tell the people that you wandered away when you're supposed to be sitting there with the rest of the inmates and went down to start to make a phone call to your attorney, which you had, you had were not authorized to do. When I asked you to get off the phone, you refused to do it, I asked you again, and you still refused. And when I went to grab the receiver out of your hand, you pulled the receiver away, pulled it over to the other side and started yelling, don't you hit me, get your hands off me. Nobody was even touching you, Marco. But that that's you, and everybody, we, we have a whole history about you, I and mean, you know it as well as we do. Um, I'm not concerned about what you're saying, because I know your integrity is is not there, unfortunately. And the truth is, that's what you did, and when you yelled like that, all the other inmates came running, because you, you incited them, by saying something that absolutely wasn't happening, you were trying to create something for your attorney on the other end, and everybody knows it, okay? And that's when I got hit from behind with a chair because of what you did, and nobody beat you up. You said a guy was kneeling on you for 10 minutes when they came into the into the facility. When right. we finally got in and breached that door, that's a lie, because we had everybody in flex cuffs in 90 seconds, and the last person that was let out of that building was within five minutes. So That was me. Within five minutes. Okay, you said somebody was kneeling on your back for 10 minutes. It wasn't it. You were in flex cuffs in 90 seconds. Everybody was in flex cuffs by that time. And you you have completely misrepresented the truth. Unfortunately, Marco, but it's something that you've consistently done, um, not only there, but in your past, based on what I've been told by other law enforcement authorities who've dealt with you in New York and Connecticut.
6: Right. There's a pure speculation. Having said sure. that, I cannot wait to see the video surveillance of the inside of b disturbance on so May 1st, the outside where I be screaming, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. You and did breathe, told, didn't you? If you can talk, you can breathe. And my statement was three weeks before the statement was made by George Floyd.
0: So he Shame stole it from you?
6: on your team.
0: Marco, 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 there was <laughs> an officer, there was an officer standing <laughs> right next to you the whole,
2: George Floyd stole his tagline. Yeah. Yeah, that's not what he's yeah. saying. <laughs> the,
0: the, the, Mar- Marco, the, the <laughs> officer was standing right next me. to yeah, you I'm the whole time, saying. you know he was, and you weren't in any distress. So, you know what, Marco, you can have your position and say what you want to say. I know what the truth is. I watched the entire operation from beginning to end. It was a textbook operation that anybody would use for, for a training video in any correctional setting in the entire United States. It was a perfect operation by my staff. We get it. Why, y-
6: why don't you release the videotape that you have took with your iPhone? All the
0: tapes are, are, are in the possession of, of uh, the Inspector General's office.
6: And those will tell the truth? Looking they absolutely will choices. tell the truth. Thanks, thanks for thanks the call. Thanks Enjoy for the call. America.
1: Thanks. So um, we we have to. We're, we're nearing the end of the first hour. Um, Can we've you hang got around, we've Tom? got some. Call. Can you hang yeah. around? All right. So Beautiful. we're here with Sheriff Tom Hoshin. We'll be taking your calls at 508-996-0500. nine nine six zero five hundred. We're also taking your messages on the uh, on the app chat, the WBSM app chat, and uh, you know if I like it, I'll, I'll read it on the air, and uh, that's that's pretty much it. Um, and I'm just right now filibustering the last, like, 13
2: seconds, 10 seconds. 508-996-0500. That's how you can get on Yeah, that's how you can get on, right? and we'll see you at the other end of if the 805 hour. you have to wait behind the illegal Aliens, we're sorry, but get, try to give us a call. <laughs>